0: Hey, welcome back to the Uncensored Woman. I am your host, Heather Christine. I hope all of you are having such an amazing weekend. It is actually Sunday when I'm going to release this episode. I have been diagnosed, I tested positive for COVID, and it's kind of shitty because I am currently on Christmas shutdown at work. And the first time in my adult life, I've ever actually had like a Christmas break. Of course, I'm sick. And when I say I'm sick, you guys, if you don't believe the hype around this, you really should start Uh, because I am, I am so, so, so sick, but I didn't want to leave you all hanging because I know before my previous episode, I went a couple of weeks without recording, So today we're just going to kind of be wrapping up 2020 and discussing family trauma and trauma in your life in general, um, because I will not be releasing an episode next week for New Year's. It'll be the week after that. But before we get into this episode, please download The Uncensored Woman on whatever platform you're listening to me on. And if you are on iTunes, please give The Uncensored Woman a review. I always, always appreciate it, as you all know, as well as I appreciate my day ones, my loyal listeners, and my new listeners. You all make the show what it is, and without you guys, I wouldn't continue doing The Uncensored Woman. So, um, out of a lot of things that I am grateful for this year, once again, you guys are another thing that I'm grateful for. Um, the Uncensored Woman is about to hit the, its two-year anniversary, and that is amazing. So thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who continues to support me. It does mean the absolute world to me. But without further ado, let's hop into the main segment. Okay, first things first, I hope all of you had an amazing Christmas. Um, I know this year hasn't been easy for anyone. It's been a very difficult year, you know, even if you haven't lost anybody to COVID or you haven't gotten COVID yourself or, um, you know, you haven't lost your job or anything like that. We still, all around the world, have had mandates to where, you know, at certain times we've been quarantined and we've had to, you know, socially distance ourselves and not be with our family as much and not be with our friends as much. And it's been a very mentally straining year, I guess, is somewhat of what I'm trying to say. It's definitely been super, super hard, especially for those with, you know, pre-existing mental health issues, and also those with um, addiction issues, you know, relapse was very high this year. Um, Those rates, those numbers were up, people suffering with mental health issues, and even those that had never suffered in their life, really, really suffered this year I mean hell I think we all all of us just like we do any other year you know all of us went into 2020 like oh this is gonna be my year yes I'm ready and then 2020 came back in and said bitch nope (laughs) it's not really funny but at this point you have to make light of it and so I keep seeing this meme going around saying you know what I don't want to hear nobody say 2021 is going to be their year. Like, let's not jinx it. Let's just go in, you know, not expecting shit. And, you know, that's exactly how I'm going into 2021 because, you know, we don't, we don't know what's going to happen. And life is full of uncertainties anyways. And, you know, we all do it. So I'm definitely not bashing anyone because I do it too. But... I think as, you know, humans, we all have to get over this like I mean, I get that it gives you like some faith like new year new beginnings type of mentality, but if you want to start something or if you want to change something, start it today. Change it today. You don't have to go into a new year for that to be any different. And if you're not making changes today, then it's highly unlikely that your new year is going to be much different than the the last year that you've had. So you really have to put in for those, you know, changes and you have to work for them and you, you have to want them. But with all of that being said, you know, like I said, I do hope you all made the best out of your holidays, no matter what situation you're in. I know I tried to make the best out of Christmas. Um, I tested positive for COVID on Tuesday. And so at first, I really I just felt like I had a little cold. And it really wasn't bad. I mean, I was running like a low grade fever. But as the days have went on, it's been worse and worse and worse. So If I am even a little scatterbrained in this episode, I'm so sorry if I sound off. I'm so sorry, but I still tried to make Christmas, you know, the best that I could with my kids. And I mean, I don't think they lacked anything. They still got everything that they wanted and they were still very grateful and happy. And I think the only thing that they weren't happy about was that mommy didn't feel good. But, you know, we, we do what we can with what we have, and we deal with it, and I'm just trying to get through this. You know, it does scare me because I have pre-existing health conditions, I'm immunocompromised, and it was like my worst fear of receiving a COVID diagnosis, and here I am but I believe that I'm a a strong woman, and I've been through a lot, and I've fought through a lot health-wise, and this is just something else that I will get through, but if you wouldn't mind sending your, you know, positive vibes and prayers out to me, I would very much appreciate that, because I just want to get through this and feel normal again, you guys, because honestly, I'm, I'm so dizzy, like, and I have... The worst headache of my entire life, and this is coming from somebody that suffers from migraines. Like, actually, my head was hurting so bad last night that I literally thought that I was going to have to call nine one one. It scared me. It scared me really, really bad. So, um, I've just I've had no energy. I've been very fatigued. My head's been hurting bad. My fever hasn't been too bad, but it's been present and I've had some stomach issues and stuff. So it's, it's really just not been fun. And I'm just really ready to feel like myself again. Um, Because I'm the type of person that has like, so much energy, like I swear to God, I have like ADD or ADHD, like I can't hardly ever sit still. And so to be confined to this bedroom and this bed and not have the energy to really do anything else it's like taking a toll on me mentally so hopefully I'll get past that but that is enough about me I am so thankful to be here I am thankful that you know my family as well my kids are healthy Uh, we got through this year even though it was a, a weird year I also had a lot of good things that have happened to me this year, which I talked about in the last episode. So if you want to go back and refer to that, you can. Um, but you know, I got a life changing career this year. Um, I, I moved out of a house that I really needed to be away from. I am talking to somebody and I go way more in depth in the last episode so if you want to go listen to that you can but despite the mental challenges that I've had this year with everything else going on there have been a lot of good things that have happened to me and that is the lens that I am trying to see it from and I did have a couple of people ask me like well um you know you're talking to this person Are you going to make it official? Have you all talked about making it official? And I don't fault people for asking because I think people are so excited to see me get into a relationship. Because I am not the type that serial dates or anything like that. I think that you, especially when you have kids, you need to make sure the person is serious And I want to know the person through and through, definitely before they meet my kids, okay? But an important part also is to know if they click with my kids. Because if they don't, then there's no reason to go any further. But there's still a line that needs to be drawn. Like when I first start talking to you, you're not coming around my kids. At this point, me and this person are still in the getting to know each other phase. And I am taking it slow. And I am okay with that. Because as I said, I just feel like those are the decisions that you make when you're a, a responsible adult. You know, um some women I, I, I see it all the time, you know, they have kids and every other week they're in love with somebody else or they're with somebody and married a couple of months later and then they're surprised when they're having problems six months down the road, but you didn't take the time to know this individual. And now you have your children wrapped up in it. And I just feel like I've always prioritized my kids way more than that. Um, Yeah. And I'm not perfect. You know, I I've said this in here. And people that don't really know me or whatever, you know, like to try to use this as a punchline for me, I guess, because they can't come up with anything else. You know, the fact that I have um th- three three people, three men that I have my children with. So I have um three baby daddies. I just hate the word baby daddies. Uh but here's the thing. My oldest son, his dad was high school love and we were together for a while. We were actually engaged. And I was on birth control, but my dad passed away at the end of my senior year, and um, I'd forgotten to take a few of my birth control pills on accident. You know, obviously, I was devastated. I, I wasn't thinking straight, but my son, Caden, is the best thing that ever happened to me. And, you know, his dad and I broke up before I even found out I was pregnant, But I'll never regret that. And we did have a loving relationship once upon a time. And then I relinked with the father of my daughter, which I've known him now for like 20 years. He was my first like real boyfriend when I was 13. And he actually, you know started off raising Caden as his own, and, you know, we got married, and then we had Kaylee, but, you know, we got married super young, and after four and a half years, we just couldn't get it together, and we were having a lot of issues, and I think, had we have been older, we would have been able to work it out, but that's just not how the cards played out for me and Helm, or Helm and I, and, um, so, you know, we ended up divorced, but he still, you know, sees my, my, my oldest son and he's a great father to our daughter. And once again, that's just another life lesson. And, and then I met the twins dad and he literally, I was head I was head over hills in love with him. Um, I didn't, you know, he was so good to me when I was pregnant. He never, ever, ever, let me lift a finger and I thought that he was my final love. you know I thought we were gonna get married and be together for the rest of our life. but his demons were bigger than our love and we were together a long time too. so you know none of these none of these relationships were like one night stands or anything like that. It just so happens that I I haven't had the best of luck in the love department. Okay, but what I can say is now the twins dad is is off in a in a penitentiary and I don't I, I mean, I'm being honest. I like to try to be optimistic, but I'm being honest. I don't know if he'll ever get it together. And I don't know if my oldest son's dad will ever get it together. And I mean, I try to help him and I try to be a friend, but sometimes you guys I get tired too. And he had a lot of drama that he unnecessarily put in my life like a year ago. And thankfully, it's been a good six, seven, eight months, some, something around that. And I, since I've had to deal with that drama that he brought into my life. But you know, I mean, for a while, because of me trying to help him and him going out there and making, you know, irrational decisions and hurting other people in the process that brought hurt people to me and I'm now being blamed along with him for something I didn't even do. And you know, that's sometimes what you have to deal with when you deal with people that are, that are messed up, but you know, I still try to help, but me and my ex-husband, the only one I did marry, you know, we're still very much best friends. He's not just good to our daughter. He's good to all three of my boys. He's good to me. Him and his girl just had a baby, and me and her are friends, and it's just the best co-parenting situation that you could ever imagine, and and you guys, I do the best with, with the resources that I have, and I know one thing above all else, and that's always, I've always been a good mother throughout any struggle I've ever had. I've always been a good mother and I've always tried my hardest in any life decision I've ever made. I've made it a point if it, if it was a bad one to learn from it and grow from it. And I think that's really all you can do in your life. And I'm starting to learn not to have regrets because at one point in time, that's exactly what you wanted. And so it's an opportunity to learn, learn and grow if it wasn't the right decision for you. And I just try to take those things as experiences and to evolve as a person because of those things. Um, And so I just want you to know if you're listening, I don't even I didn't plan on touching on this, but it, it just came up in my head. If you're listening and, you know, you have people harping down on you because of, like, past decisions or because your life doesn't look as good as theirs, a lot of times people deflect because they don't feel good about themselves. It makes them feel better to laugh and to talk about you than to really look within themselves and see what their own problems are and let them do that. As long as you know that you're growing and learning and trying to do better, you're all good and there's nothing wrong with you. We all sin. We just sin differently. And that's that. And some of us have been through, you know, more stuff than others have been through, which brings me to another point of this episode you know, your family dynamics, how did you grow up? What did you go through growing up? Did that have any correlation to the person that you have now became? From the time I was a little girl, I felt like I was destined to do great things. And I feel like maybe all of us have a little bit of that in us. I could never figure out, though, exactly what I wanted to do, but I do know that I've always been a dreamer, and I've always been somebody that's wanted something so much bigger for myself than most people would even think is possible. But as I started getting older, doubt started being instilled in me. And, as I take you all through this little journey, I just want you to know that the people that I speak of in this episode it doesn't mean that we have issues still a lot of it um i've uh, these people have made amends with me or I've made amends with them, and so it's been worked through but I just wanted you guys to know that before I get started because I don't want to be necessarily bashing anybody and, you know, people thinking anything bad about anybody else because this is just my story and we all have one. My parents divorced when I was four years old and I'll never forget it. At that time, my dad had a drug problem, and he had an alcohol problem. And I usually don't speak on this because I don't want anybody to see my father in a different light. He's gone now. He can't fully tell his story. And more than that, when he passed away, he didn't have all these issues. He was like the best father ever, and I would have never wanted another dad. He was a hard worker. He made sure he left me and my sister behind you know, a good amount of money. He planned for his future, but he also planned for his death and he didn't leave us hanging out to dry. He made sure that me and my sister were taken care of and he worked hard for that. And I'll I'll always respect him for that. But at this time, when I was four, he had alcohol issues and he had drug problems. And they say that trauma sticks with you. And I don't remember most things that happened in my life at that time. But I can still see this. Some of it, there's bits and pieces that are still instilled in my memory. But most of all, what sticks out is my dad yelling at my mom. And then my mom threatening to leave. And my dad pulled a gun on her. And... I don't remember how I felt at that point. I just know that I was sad. And my mom called the cops. And the next thing I remember is my dad sitting out on one of our patio chairs and crying and telling us that he loved us. And me and my mom and my sister leaving with one of her best friends to get away from that situation. And thankfully, nothing bad happened to my dad, my mom, or us. My dad was just clearly out of his mind at that point, and he had a lot of issues. But I had always been a daddy's girl, and this was just so hard for me to see. So... I didn't see my dad for a while after that. And then my mom ended up falling in love again and she got pregnant and she got married right before she had my little brother to my stepdad. So my stepdad's been a part of my life since I was little bitty too. And At that time, I don't remember specifically feeling anything against my stepdad. I just knew that I wanted to be with my dad. But my dad was still struggling. And my dad had gotten into a new relationship. And I remember he would get drunk. And I would walk in and see him beating this woman and it was very hard to see, and this is so hard for me to admit or talk about, because my dad was not this person the last 10 years. He was alive, you guys. Like, he changed tremendously, but this is, this is real. This is what I went through, and again, I was, um, taken away from from seeing him for a while and then it came down to okay well if the girls are coming to see you then that needs to happen at your mom's house so my grandma's house but we didn't really mind that because you know my dad would get us and and he we would go to my grandma's and my aunt was also there but my aunt was really like me and my sister's Um, sister, older sister. She was only two years older than me. So we all played well together. We all had fun. We loved being there. You know, my dad wasn't drinking there. And um, everything was going well between both places, you know, my home and my dad's, my dad's or my grandma's home. So skip along a few years and I'm in the fourth grade and I bring home my first C and I didn't bring home a C because I wasn't trying. I brought home a C because it was in math and I literally just have never been that great at math and I'll never, ever, ever forget how much trouble I got into from my stepdad. He basically made me feel stupid. And it was at that point that me and my stepdad started having all of this emotional turmoil. Because after that, of course, if if you know you tried your hardest and you still brought home a C and now you're being chastised and talked down to... You want to hide everything from that moment. You want to rebel from that moment. And, you know, and a lot of other people that know us personally know this. There was always a difference in the way that I was treated versus my sister and brother. But especially my brother, my little brother, that was my mom and stepdads. And as I got older, you know, stuff would would just get worse. And he, you know, anything I did, he would, you know, tell me I was being a bitch or call me a bitch. And um, I've never been super skinny. I've always had weight on me. I, I, I've always been short with a bigger butt and, you know, bigger boobs. But when I had hit puberty, I did gain a little bit more weight that I eventually did shut off, you know, from playing soccer and cheering and all that stuff. Um, but I remember he started telling me to go change, I looked like I was pregnant, you know, I was bigger. And so I was hearing, I'm fat, I'm a bitch. And so in return, I started getting physical, which I shouldn't have. And I was angry at my mom for letting this happen. So I then started calling her a bitch. And also, if if you guys listen to a few episodes before this, also remember that at this point, I had also been being molested for a few years. So I had so many issues. So, you know, I was like, well, if he's going to call me a bitch, I'm going to call my mom a bitch. And that's just that, like, because she shouldn't, you know, be letting this go on. And then, you know, he would get up in my face and it. And like I said, it started getting physical, we would go back and forth, you know, to the point where at times, yes, the police, they were called. And I absolutely hated him for that for so long. And I hated the way that he made other people look at me. And I hated the way that he made me feel. I never felt special. I never felt like I was enough And so when I started going out and dating, I was attracting that type of energy because you know, when my boyfriend, whatever boyfriend I had at the time, you know, would call me a bitch or say anything bad about me, I would not see it as a red flag. I would see it as, oh, well, you know, this is going on in my own home anyways, And so this must just be normal. Like, this is how people are supposed to talk to you. Like, this is, I go through this in my own home by my own parents. Like, you know, I, I didn't see anything wrong with it. And so I would end up in these toxic, abusive relationships. And in return, they inevitably also made me a toxic person. Because, I mean, I was carrying around all this energy of, of hate In anger, and I did not know how to handle it. And then on top of all of that, I was constantly, constantly being compared to my sister. My sister was always prettier than me. She was always skinnier than me. She was always everything that I couldn't be according to everyone else. I mean, I remember specifically fighting with my cousin one time. And I'll never forget it into this day. And I know that she didn't mean it, cause I've said a bunch of bullshit to her that I didn't mean to. But it, it wasn't necessarily what she said. It's because I was hearing it from people like my grandma and stuff too. But I'll never forget that she told me, you know, um, that I needed makeup to even make me look half of the way that I looked, and I wasn't even shit then, and that my sister was blessed and way prettier than me. And, I, and, you know, I was lucky to even be who I was with, even if, you know, they were putting their hands on me or whatever, because I was, I was just ugly. And so, you know, this is my inner dialogue now, you guys. Like, I just, I don't believe that, that I'm good enough and I don't care who I'm attracting and how bad they are because I don't even believe in myself. And so I'm attracting these abusive men in, and I'm also becoming an abusive and hurtful person. And that is why it really does matter what you've been through in your life. And it really does matter to break generational curses and to start, you know, speaking up for yourself and to start teaching yourself a better inner dialogue and to start repairing damage wherever you can repair it and to also seek some type of counseling or therapy you're never going to be good enough for yourself and you're never going to be good enough for anybody else because you're never working on yourself and you're always always carrying it and you guys, no matter how much I've worked on it, to this day, I still carry some of that hurt with me. It still hurts me. And you know what? I have every reason, every single reason to say that it still hurts me. Because as humans, we can work on it as much as we want to, but it does stick with us. And you know, when I've repeatedly heard stuff from you know, authority figures and people that were supposed to love me, you know, like my stepdad or like my grandma, um, you know, yeah, my mom didn't really say that type of stuff to me, but she stood around and let it be said, you know, so how am I supposed to feel about that? Because I can tell you right now, me as me now, if somebody said that to my kid, i bust them in the mouth. But that's just not how she was. And for so long, I thought it was because she didn't love me. And I don't believe that she didn't love me. I just think that she didn't know how to stand up on her own two feet. And she was scared to be left alone. And she was scared to do anything by herself. And so she continued to let it happen, even if it hurt her and especially if it hurt me. And so it's been a long hard road in my adult life trying to navigate through those feelings and trying to forgive people, but also trying to forgive myself, you know, because as I said, a lot of the abuse that I went through, I, pro- I then projected on other people in, you know, my future relationships. I've not always been the good person. I've been the mean person. I've, I've been the person cussing people out I've been the person that slapped somebody for no reason I have been the toxic person in situations too and I am big enough to admit that because hurt people hurt people and that's just a fact you guys but for so long I didn't really have an advocate all I had was myself and I just became this hardened shell. I I just I I wanted so badly to be loved, but I really didn't trust anybody because of everything that had happened to me and I wouldn't let love in. You see what I'm saying? And so we really need to work especially as parents. If you're a parent out there and you have children, you need to work on breaking those generational curses. You need to work on breaking the cycle of how you were raised so we can raise better children that become better adults than we ever thought about being. You know, just because your mama did something doesn't mean that it's right. Just because your daddy did something doesn't mean that it was right. And in order to have future generations that are better than us, we have to realize those things. And we have to start looking within ourselves because it starts with us. It starts with helping our own selves. It really, really does. And so going into this new year... I would just really challenge you guys, and I'm so sorry. I I'm about to break script real quick, but my kids are screaming in the background, and I promise you, I'm two seconds from going off because I don't feel good, <laughs> and they're driving me crazy, and they and they know they shouldn't be screaming right now. So if you do hear that, I am I'm I'm so sorry about that, um, because I know it's gonna be loud going through this, and I do not have the energy to re-record. So I'm gonna wrap this up right here. Going into this new year, first of all, I want to say I hope this new year is prosperous for you guys. I hope that you're healthy, your families are healthy, you go into this happy, and this year brings you more joy than you could ever imagine. But also, I'd like to challenge you to go into this new year and really look at the patterns that you picked up as a child. Look at the way that you were raised Look at the fun things, but also look at the pain. And whatever pain there is, please don't pass that on to future generations. And please start working on it for yourself. Because until until you work on it, you will never, ever, ever be free. And you will never, ever, ever be fully happy. And there are some things that you absolutely will never, ever get over. Okay. There, there's just some things that you will never get over as an adult. You know, it's like when my mom asked me, like, Heather, this happened when you were, you know, a teenager. Why can't you just get over it? Well, because it stuck with me mentally, it defined me for a long time. I can't just get over it. You know? That's just not how our minds work, but you can work on it. You can work on forgiveness and making yourself a better person for whoever comes into your future life and for whoever is in your present life, because you will see such a better version of yourself. I promise you. So I'll just challenge you guys to really look within and really navigate your way through whatever trauma And, and, you know, stuff that you've been through in your past life, especially with family, because it is a beautiful thing to heal and to take control of your life and to take control of your narrative and to finally say, yes, I am validated in the way that I felt because you wasn't right, but I still forgive you. And, you know, even a couple of years when I was holding on to these things, when my sister, you know, the person that I used to be best friends with that I told everything in the world to like all my secrets, all my downfalls, everything like that. When she got into a situation and she threw every mistake in my face and she ran off and told me she was never, you know, um, going to be close to me again because of who she was with, man, that, that shit hurt. Okay. And that was just another punch in the gut and that was just another like almost affirmation that I was never good enough but that wasn't me that was her decision and you know as you guys know if you listen we've made amends and and we're okay today and I'm very close with my nieces but at the time it's a wonder I'm even here because I got so suicidal because it was just another like oh my god like You must be this awful human being and this ugly human being and this just, you're not worth anything. You must not be worth anything if this keeps happening. And as I said, I, I haven't always been perfect. I've been a shitty person in a lot of situations, and I'm not scared to admit that. I have been the toxic person. And if I've ever been the toxic person in your life and you're listening, I am so sorry. But with that comes, I've also had, you know, very, very toxic behavior towards myself. And so, in order not to be toxic to anybody else in the future, I had to learn to work through what I have been through and I had to learn that I am enough and I had to learn to accept and love myself because as I say only um, as I say all the time only then can I truly love anybody else to the fullest of my capacities and that's just the truth so I hope you all you know really took in this episode and and really reflected on your own self. And I hope you guys go into this new year, you know, trying to work on a better version of yourself and, and, and trying to change, you know, things that have happened in your life, um, or the way that you feel about certain things. Uh, You know, it's a great thing to do for yourself. And it's self care and it's self love, which I am, huge on but I want you all to know like I said in the beginning of the episode thank you so much for making the uncensored woman what it is I love getting on here week after week and talking to you all about different topics and I hope that I've helped you all as much as you guys have helped me I hope 2021 like I said is a great new year for you guys I'll go ahead and say happy new year since I won't talk to you Um, Until a week after next. And yeah. You guys. That is going to wrap up. The Uncensored Woman. For the year 2020. I have been your host Heather Christine. Peace. Love. And happiness. And so much light. And you guys. Have a great rest of your sunday and have a great week next week and stay safe if you're out there partying for new year's and also remember to wear your damn mask cause corona it ain't no joke you don't want it <laughs> i promise but until next time you guys love y'all bye